Hello, Sigma Tau Deltans. This is your Midwestern Regional News. My name is Gabrielle Ardois. I'm one of your Midwestern Region student leaders. Um, the other is Dayani Blake-Britton, and she will be interviewing our first English major professional, which is really exciting. For those of you who listened to last episode or this is your first time listening, the hopes for this podcast is to give you guys a chance to get to know me and Dayani as your student leaders so that those of us who go to convention, there will be more of a rapport and we can get to know each other, but also to give you guys another avenue to hear about what's going on with Sigma Tau Delta. Right now we have... We have our emails, we have footnotes, there's an Instagram account, different Facebook accounts, but this is another additional way to get your news audibly. This is our episode for October. Happy Halloween. For some important upcoming deadlines and events, on November 6th, there's a slew of scholarship, internship, um, advisor awards, different things coming up. So there is the Study Abroad Scholarship, which can provide up to $3,000. That deadline for that application is November 6th. There's the Elaine W. Hughes Outstanding Advisor Award and the Outstanding Regional Advisor Award. So take the time if you if you have an advisor that you think is doing just a really amazing job and you want to show them how grateful you are for that, take the time to nominate them. You never know who the award will go to, so that's really exciting. There is also the award for the Sigma Tau Delta Outstanding Literary Arts Journal. If you have a college literary journal or a college literary magazine, put together an issue that you're proud of and that you want to submit for this award. There's also the Sigma Tau Delta Spring Internship Stipend, which you can get up to $1,500 each. That's really exciting because, as a lot of us know, as college students, um, money is, is very important. We're all spending money on, on daily living expenses and on our college classes themselves, and a lot of the internships we do are unpaid. So make sure to take this opportunity to, to get some support, get some financial support from our society to let you continue doing all these amazing opportunities that progress you in your knowledge with your English major, your knowledge of the English major professional world, um, and let them support you in that way. The last November 6th deadline, I believe, is the application for the W.W. Norton & Company internship. So this is a very exclusive 12-week internship program. And while it's open to students outside of Sigma Tau Delta, applying through Sigma Tau Delta lets you apply earlier and gives you an extra level of recommendation. So I highly recommend taking this opportunity to hopefully get a look into the publishing world and start to learn what English career you think works for you. That's part of the reason why we're trying to do these interviews with English professionals is because I myself, I have no idea what I'm going to do after I graduate, and that's completely okay, but also taking this time to learn about different English careers and talk about the specific skills that go into each of them and what makes each of them enjoyable is 
exponentially going to help me make that initial decision. And I hope it helps you guys too. Because the idea is a lot of us, when we, when we go out into the professional world, we start off with different jobs and we figure out what we like eventually. And that's great. But hopefully this will help that first choice be a little more informed. Another upcoming event is on Tuesday, November 7th. There's an exclusive webinar with Australian author Kate Nunn. Um, this is through NEHS, so National English Honor Society, which is for high schoolers. But being a part of Sigma Tau Delta, they are, they are intertwined. So we're able to go to this webinar if you're interested. Um, you can ask her questions about The Botanist Daughter, which is the NEHS I think their book pick of the year, and um, talk about her creative process, her career in editing, um, for an idea about the author. Kate Nunn grew up in England and the U.S. and has lived in Australia for more than 25 years, initially working as a book, magazine, and web editor and writer. She has more than two decades of publishing experience and is the former editor of Gourmet Traveler Wine Magazine. She has written four works of historical fiction, including The Botanist Daughter, which is the 2024 NEHS Common Reader, The Forgotten Letters of Esther Durant, and The Silk House and the Last Reunion. Her latest novel, The Only Child, is a contemporary historical crime mystery. So um, I'm sure that'll be incredibly interesting. Um, I would recommend signing up and registering as soon as possible because I'm sure the event will fill up quickly interested in, in creative writing or editing, absolutely take this time to ask questions of a professional. So hopefully everyone who wanted to submit to convention had a chance to do so. Those submissions have already been taken. For those of you who have submitted, convention roundtable, research in the round, and professional development acceptances will be posted on November 15th. So that's exciting and that's nerve-wracking. Um, later, uh, December 13th, is when the convention paper acceptances will be posted. But before that, there is a specific regional event that I'd like to share with you guys. Um, on November 19th, I am doing a social media takeover. I've never done one of these before, so I'm really excited to see how it'll turn out. But um, my university, University of Evansville, our choirs are doing our choir is doing a performance on November 19th our fall choir concert and interestingly enough a lot of our pieces this year are taking really known literary works and putting them in this beautiful music for musical format so keep an eye out for that um, the pieces are featuring works of John Donne and Robert Frost I'm singing in two, I think two of the Robert Frost pieces, and they just, I, I, I really like the additional element that it adds to, to the word and how it enhances my interpretation, so I'm really excited to put that up and hopefully get some engagement uh, from you guys talking about how this changes your perception or what this made you think about, or for those of you who are familiar with music theory, um, or any friends who are familiar with music theory, if you notice something, if you noticed a specific element or theme, 
that changed the conception of the music, that would be amazing. I'm really excited. The hashtag is hashtag UE Choral Poetry, and it'll be a takeover on the Instagram, which is, I think it's English Matters. Um, I'll double check that as I'm talking, but um, I'm really excited. I think the plan is to post a link to the live stream, maybe post some pictures of the choir. I'd like to do an interview with our choir director to talk more about those components that add to the poetry. Um, but yeah, that's really exciting. Yes, the Instagram is English Matters, all one word, all lowercase. So I hope that you guys will all get a chance to look at that. And I hope that it is something um, interesting and enriching. So that's really exciting for me. Um, something else about convention papers. So for those of you who did submit a work related to um, LGBTQIA+, or um, related theory, you're qualified for the Stemler-Dennis LGBT Awards. So that's super exciting. I wish you all luck. There are plenty of awards to earn at convention. And at the end, we have this luncheon that's, that's a place for us all to come together and get to know each other and celebrate convention itself while celebrating the accomplishments of our peers. So that's always really fun. There's also an opportunity for anyone in charge of an English program or anyone that wants to share this with their English program administration. There is an opportunity to showcase your program at the Centennial Convention with a tabletop display at the convention on either Thursday, April 4th or Friday, April 5th, 2024. So be sure to look into that if that's something you're interested in, if you want to get word out and... Um, let people know more about that. And then on January 4th, that's when convention early registration opens. So I hope that you all are thinking about whether you'd like to go. And it's it's truly a really fun event. You meet a lot of people. You, you talk about all different types of topics and hear interpretations that maybe you wouldn't have thought of yourself. And it's, it's very enriching and expanding, and if you can't tell, I really like going, so that's exciting. As for recent events that have happened, there was a project done, or two projects done, with the Service Project Grant through Sigma Tau Delta. One of those was at Furman University, and it dealt with book banning and minority communities. They discussed Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye and the effect of banned books on minority communities. If you're interested in that kind of event, be sure to check out the information on Sigma Tau Delta's website and see if this is something maybe you would like to replicate at, the, at your own college. I think that's a really important topic to share, and I think it's incredible that that was done with this grant. The other project was the Little Free Library at the College of New Jersey's chapter, which is an equitable system of book sharing for communities looking to promote literacy, learning, and the joyful love of reading. I love how that was worded. Um, I think it's, it's very fun, and it's a way to connect a lot of people. Um, we also did thank you messages for World Teachers Day 2023. So this year, the National English Honor Society 
the new English Language Arts Honors Society for middle schoolers and the Sig and Sigma Tau Delta um, joined forces to celebrate the impact that elementary, middle school, high school, and university teachers have had on our lives. It's not too late to send that email or that letter or even just walk by and say something nice to a teacher or a professor that has impacted you positively and that you are grateful for. They put in so much work. Speaking of our peers, both the Summer Award recipients and the 2024 Journal Awards are posted, so congratulations. There are also posts uh, congratulating the winners of our 2023 social media contest at English Matters on Instagram or at Sigma Tau Delta International English Honor Society on Facebook. So that social media contest was centered around Banned Books Week and um, all of the posts are engaging with a banned book and talking about why it's important or why it was banned. And a lot of people came up with really creative ways to do that. So I highly recommend checking out those posts. As for that new middle school English Language Arts Honor Society that I mentioned, uh, here's a short description. It will be a vibrant community of students and teachers from all walks of life united in their passion for the English language arts. Its programs, activities, grants, and awards will encourage student excellence and nurture potential. It also aims for breadth, and its programs are planned to expand into fields related to the English language arts, such as student journalism, communications, media production, and other forms of creative production. So any of you who are English education majors or have a friend who is an English education major, make sure to let them know about this new program um, as it starts out and as more schools get involved. As for recent Wordy by Nature blog posts, there was the blog post uh, kicking off Banned Books Week called I'm With the Band, The Whys and Hows of Banned Books Week, um, which is a blog written by Eastern Regent student representative Zoe Talbot, and she talks about the history of Banned Books Week and its overall importance. She talks about the issues of censorship, expression, and accessibility, and challenges those who have access to these books to not only be aware and grateful, but advocate for those who don't. So I think that was a really great kickoff to the week and the social media competition. Um, although we should be thinking of this issue not just Banned Books Week, but all year. There was also a post um, allowing you to meet your 2023 to 2024 student leaders, which is just a list posted with names and pictures to start to get familiar with all of us and also get our contact information if you would like to reach out or if you have any questions. So definitely check out that to get familiar with your region representatives. If you're listening to this from the Midwest, which I'm assuming you are, that would be me and Dayani. There was also the special 2024 Centennial Convention issue, which is introducing the theme for this year. So as Sigma Tau Delta approaches its centennial anniversary, 1924 to 2024, its many facets reflect the state of English-related studies. In flux, in transition, flexible, fluid, evolving, tradition and convention absorbing influence and innovation. 
New subjects, authors, and audiences, media, and concern are built upon a foundation of respect for history and the wisdom of predecessors while always in process of revising and renewing them for each succession of students and teachers. The Centennial, the Centennial Convention will be a good time to reflect on the changes in culture and higher education in particular over these decades. So that is their theme for this convention, really focusing on where the society started and where we are now and focusing on us as students and how the English disciplines have continued to evolve and canons have continued to change and the variety of authors that we now discuss. So that is extremely exciting and important. This year's common reader is Then the War in Selected Poems, 2007 to 2020 by Carl Phillips. Um, on social media, you'll start to see videos of us student leaders promoting this book, maybe doing a small reading or talking about different aspects. Um, but Carl Phillips is a local author in St. Louis, which is where the convention will be this year. He teaches at Washington University, um, and he was the winner of the 2023 Pulitzer Prize in Poetry. The collection or book itself features new poems and an extended prose sequence, as well as a selection of poetry from a number of Phillips's earlier books. It is both a retrospective and a prospect of his ongoing concerns. Then the War explores the resources of memory, desire, human fears, and connection, natural elements as they reflect and resist human purposes, and the way these and other preoccupations can be expressed in language, song, and silence. One critic aptly describes Phillips's work as contemplative, rich, and troubled, and here we encounter a witty and incisive intelligence questioning the many ways of making meaning in a contrary and contradictory world as, quote, moment by moment, any life unfurls. So be sure to get a copy of Then the War and start looking into it, reading those poems. If you want to host a an event with your chapter, Discussing this comment reader, each region is offering $100 for chapters in the region that host these events. So if you do decide to hold one of these events, make sure to apply. And this is also a way to fund students wanting to go to conventions. So keep that in mind as we get closer. Um, another post was about learning how you can fund your chapters travel expenses to convention. So that was one of them. Another way is you can earn $200 for your chapter if one of the convention attendees attends the general business meeting and the regional caucus while at convention. Um, so that will be a reimbursement check of $200 based on attendance. A note for that is chapters should decide ahead of time whether the funds should be used by the chapter student delegate for their expenses or whether the money should be returned to the chapter treasury for the overall chapter's expenses. You can always plan fundraising events. So if you want more ideas for that, check out Chapter Life Fundraising to see some past examples. 
So we've already submitted, but if you submitted your strongest works, you have a better chance to be awarded one of the convention awards. And more than $11,000 will be awarded this year, so keep that in mind. You can also apply for awards, grants, and scholarships um, for service project grants and chapter awards for outstanding chapters and publications. So that goes back to those deadlines earlier, November 6th. Keep that in mind. And then you can also sell chapter mer merchandise, whether that's individually at your college or to set up a table wall at convention to sell t-shirts or um, handwritten poems or pins or posters. There's all different kinds of things you can do. Um, making hotel plans early. Make sure that you get the special convention rate. And sharing a room definitely helps bring down those costs. Um, again, early registration starts January 4th, goes to January 16th. So that makes a difference in registration cost. Really, there's there's a list of different things that you can do, so be sure to check out that blog post if you are planning on going to convention. Um, and I'm really excited to see who all will be there. And now we'll go ahead and move on to our first interview with an English professional. Diani will be interviewing Fallon Brannan. Hello, Midwest region. Welcome back to the Sigma Tau Delta podcast. This is Diani Blake Britton, the current ASR for the region. And today we have a very special guest, our very first interviewee, um, Fallon. Can you please introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, my name is Fallon Brannan. I am a recent graduate from Tuskegee University. And of course, I majored in English with a concentration in contemporary writing. And right now, I'm a West Coast page at NBC Universal, living here in LA. Awesome, amazing, amazing. How are you liking it down there? <laughs> it's definitely an adjustment, especially coming from the South. You know, I'm born and raised in New Orleans. So, of course, I'm getting used to the infamous LA traffic. And mm. yeah, it's basically the parking is the most it's it's the craziest thing it, it will take you forever to get to a specific location it's absolutely terrible it's 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 terrible yeah and aren't you from here i am yeah. well from san diego it's, it's close close enough but yeah so you already know what i'm talking about like you you you've been through it so definitely I mean, you can imagine yeah i'm working at nbc universal as a west coast page Okay. And what does like a typical day look like for you? Of course. So the West Coast page program. So first off, the page program in general at NBC Universal. So there is a West Coast and an East Coast program. So West Coast mainly focuses on film and television and East Coast is more so like broadcast, uh, news, sports and late night. So because I want to primarily work in television, I applied for the page program here in LA and I worked at on the lot at NBC Universal's um, lot at Universal City. And what the page program is, it's a one year rotational program where 
applicants have the opportunity to rotate around the company to kind of figure out, you know, the, the space that they want to be in, the department that they want to work in, especially as a filmmaker and a film lover. Um, so I was able to be in production finance for my first rotation. So there's three rotations in the program, and they're all four months each. So I did production finance for USG, which is Universal Studio Group. So I did a lot of um, basically budgeting-based projects and also like writing notes. I managed an SVP's calendar. And then now I am the page for E! News uh, digital editorial and talent booking. So I support three teams. I support the social media team, the talent booking team, and also the digital editorial team. So I'm also, uh, one of my tasks is I'm a producer for Francesca Amaker, and I kind of take notes um, wherever she goes on for like virtual interviews. I take notes and I relay them to her so we can kind of go through them together. I make up questions for different interviewees, but also for the social team, I post a lot of like articles and stuff to Twitter. Um, and then for the talent booking, I support them by every interview they book. I kind of put it in a, um, in like a Word document or Excel sheet. So yeah, I've wow. been here since May. <laughs> that, you're doing a lot. That is so great. That's so amazing to have you so many different places. What would you say um, is the most exciting aspect of all of that for you? I think not staying stagnant. So, of mm -hmm. course, um, for my first rotation, it was semi-stagnant because, well, not, I wouldn't say stagnant, but it was a little bit slow because of the writers, uh, of the two strikes that were going on, um, at least uh, the writer's strike, especially because I worked in television. So, I was able to kind of participate in doing a lot of cleanup um, mm -hmm. or I I kind of excelled in connecting with other people in like around the department, but also taking on any budget-based projects that my boss was currently working on. So in two in meetings, I was able to provide some input uh, because trust me, like when I first started production finance and like, I'm not like, my team knows this because I was I was avid. I was just like, what? <laughs> because finance, like I'm an English major. I was like, I'm a writer. I am not finance savvy. I, I, all of the acronyms, everything, I did not know what the heck anyone was talking about. So I at first was just like I was went to my supervisor and I was like, why? What made you want to put me in this specific department? Um, but after, you know, speaking with individuals and I had a, such an amazing time learning about the different stories in the department because I supported a team of about 35 individuals and some people were music majors, some people were journalism majors. It's just mm -hmm. like all kinds of majors. And they told me how they ended up in that particular place at that particular time. So it kind of made me change my perspective. And also the rotation wasn't even as finance or technical savvy as I, as I thought it would be initially. My boss, of course, gave me projects where she felt that I could shine a little bit more um, that didn't deal too much with numbers. And then, of course, 
in e-news, I'm learning about, you know, the fast paceness. We I transition from television to entertainment news. So there's breaking stories literally every five seconds. So it's more, much more fast paced. Um, half of my team works on the East Coast. So I kind of have to wake up early sometimes to respond to emails. I mean, I, I don't have to because my, um, you know, my hours are from like 9 to 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. But I do because, you know, I want to be prompt. I know some stuff is a little bit more urgent than others. And I kind of, I really like the fast-pacedness of, like, the the whole department um, because I, I'm learning a lot. And I'm learning a lot quick. And mm-hmm. I like being a quick learner. And I think it, it's ne- it's always something new. I like this rotational aspect because it shows you what you're kind of like interested in and where you excel, like not even department wise, but who you are as an employee. What kind of environments do you thrive in? Do you thrive in an environment with like 40 people on the team or maybe six? Or do you like working by yourself? Are you are you project based? That's what I'm currently learning about myself. So I think just learning about myself is really exciting in itself. Yeah, that that sounds really wonderful. Honestly, I feel like a lot of, there are quite a few jobs where they kind of just, you know, expect you to be this one type of person when you're coming in, but it's really great that you have that opportunity to just kind of figure it out and they're actually, you know, helping you work towards that to figuring it out. Um, yeah. Going into yourself and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really like that aspect of the pace. So you listed a lot of different tasks and like different type of types of jobs you've uh, gotten experience in. What would you say um, the most essential skills are for being su- successful in doing those tasks? So, I believe that being or staying curious is being successful so uh well staying curious will help you order the steps into reaching a certain part of success or whatever you envision as successful um so as an english major at tuskegee tuskegee did not have a film or television program Um, and at first I thought I wanted to solely be a book writer. I was just like, I'm going to write novels. I I loved, I still do, but love YA, um, like the Hunger Games. I, I, I loved, um, you know, the, the Maze Runner, things like that, dystopian like novels more so. And I thought that I was only going to be a novel writer, but when the pandemic hit and, you know, we were stuck inside, uh, with television and, and film, and I was consuming a lot of it. And more specifically, I started watching Insecure by, of course, Issa Rae. And I love Issa Rae. I, I hope and pray to work with her one day because she's just an amazing individual <laughs> overall. Mm-hmm. But I would watch Insecure and I would kind of, you know, fall in love with the structure of screenwriting, kind of look at the comedic timing of, of places. And I used to research the scripts like online to kind of read it. And I remember having a conversation with my father and I was just like, I want, I want to do this. Like, especially for my community as a black woman, I would love to have more portrayal like this on air. And I 
was curious about it. And, you know, I went to one of my professors at the time and he told me to go for it. And so because Tuskegee didn't, you know, have those type of resources at the time, I had to find stuff elsewhere. I was curious. So I, I looked it up on YouTube, how to screenwrite. I went to masterclass, you know, one of my mentors, um, she had a, a, a free a masterclass subscription, so she let me use it. Um, and from that, I, I gave, you know, I, I tried to update my resume because I was applying to internships and things like that. Um, I went on like virtual seminars to kind of, you know, overhear people that, that I could find on the web talking about, you know, their interest in film and meeting with filmmakers. I mean, the first, my real introduction to television was I did a Halloween summit for the Oscars and in, um, in 2020 on Halloween day. And I heard from dip, like all people across different departments for the most iconic Halloween films. And I remember saying like, oh my goodness, I was really intimidated because like I did not, the only thing I had on my resume was I was a work, a student worker um, in the English department. So I was just like, I can't be here. I, I'm not meant to be here, but something told me to stay. And to this day, I'm, I'm glad I did because it, hope it, it opened a plethora of things. And the, the biggest thing at Tuskegee I wanted to show is like, being an English major is not a monolith. Um, of course, we, we both know majority of being an English major consists of writing and things like that, which I love writing. I am, I still <laughs> call myself a writer regardless because I, um, and I do work on personal projects as well. I am still a screenwriter, but I, I used it because I was curious about film and, and television particularly. And I, I wanted to, you know, be a screenwriter. So I think staying curious and to not give up um, despite the obstacles that are, you know, you might not see an end in sight or you might be like, oh my goodness, I don't want to do this because it looks so hard. Mm -hmm. um, don't, I, I wouldn't let that deter you because especially too, I had a good community of people rallying around me. Um, I had a friend at Tuskegee introduce me to my very first mentor and she actually flew me out to LA <laughs> where she let me stay at her apartment with oh, one wow. of my close friends. Yeah. And we explored the city. Um, and, and then after that, you know, I, I kind of really liked LA. I liked the buzz. I liked the busyness. And of course, it's a Mecca, LA is a Mecca for entertainment, film and television wise. So I was like, I'm going to be back. I don't know how, I don't know when. And then work my butt off at Tuskegee, apply for internships, things like that. I started networking, connecting with more people. And then I was able to garner internships, get into a well-known um, organization named HBCU in LA, which helps HBCU students get into the entertainment industry. And then, you know, now I'm here. So it's all about staying curious and, and being hungry, especially being hungry for. And of course, you want to be humble. You don't want to be grateful for what is already you have. But in terms of staying hungry, you you have goals, you have an amount of success wherever you define that for you. 
and you want to of course reach that so staying hungry is the best is the best i don't know everything you just said your drive is is just so motivating and inspiring like my goodness i feel like i could just go out there and just start conquering the world after what you just said how do you see creative writing um incorporated in your day-to-day if it is and if it isn't how would you like it to be incorporated yeah of course so um in production finance uh there wasn't a lot of production finance isn't creative Mm -hmm. uh but i expressed to my boss where i wanted to go because even through like having conversations with people in my department and them kind of feeling out my personality (laughs) and and seeing you know where i excelled they were just like for instance um i specifically shined in the department by taking really good notes at department meetings and of course spreading that information to the rest of my team so they could of course digest it and do what they need to do with it Mm -hmm. and i they you know they realized not only did they realize but they knew they're like yeah fallon seems you it seems like you would shine more in a creative department so what i specifically did was um well in production finance like i had to pull a lot of documents from different uh online systems and i there was a specific online system where I, we, we could like ask the, access the budgets or access, you know, needed documents for, you know, different people or just different television shows more so. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scripts were available as well. So sometimes in my spare time, and this was encouraged uh, as well, like, especially by my boss at the time, where I would just read the scripts. Like, let's say if work was kind of slow that day, sometimes I would find myself reading the scripts and, you know, learning what worked. I I would look at the rewrites as well, too. They would have some scripts that had the rewrites of of different NBCU television shows and, you know, highlighted in a specific color. And it would kind of, you know, inspire me to continue writing because one thing as a writer that I still am struggling with because I mean, I'm, I'm 22, really young, uh, mm-hmm. is I'm low-key a perfectionist. I need to, a part of me wants to, or sometimes feels like I need to get it right the first time. And I would used to get angry at myself when I found myself um having to rewrite something. I was just like, I, I want to go through as less, re- not that many rewrites as I can. So I, I definitely struggled with that. But kind of looking from a professional standpoint and you're, and you're looking at, you know, these different scripts that NBCU, like the, the NBCU's property, you're just like, these have a lot of rewrites. Some of these mm-hmm. scenes were cut out, the, uh, you know, stuff like that. And it, it influenced me to become, you know, a, 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 a easygoing writer because there's always room for growth. Um, right. And with e-news, um, like I said before, with it's it's more tel- it's it's more um, news based of of course entertainment news. It's more fast paced. So 
I try to shine mostly through my writing, my notes, um, but also from like different interviews, but coming up with questions, um, researching, you know, the interviewee and coming up with like questions where uh, potential questions where I could ask them. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's as creative <laughs> as it gets. But I'm trying to, in every rotation or job that I have, I try to put a little bit of me in there, you know, nice. to make it mine. Because I, I do like writing and I, I do shine with writing, creative writing, things like that. Um, so, and apparently it, it's helping, it's working because one of my coworkers um, during my last rotation, she was just like, yeah, I could tell you're an English major because your your notes are very detailed and thorough, and and that's where you shine. So, I try to integrate that, like, because I know writing is one of my, uh, my my best attributes. So I I try to be the best writer when taking notes, but also coming up with questions, doing research for specific stories, um, and and putting together a whole document. So that was my last question. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add? Anything else you wanted to say? Yeah. So, like I said before, being an English major is not a monolith. Um, I am using, you know, me being a good writer to pursue my dreams of, of becoming a screenwriter, you know, working with amazing, talented individuals like Issa Rae and, you know, making my, my dreams come true here. I, it's, you you could do it is what I'm trying to say. This might sound very cliche, but honestly, you we don't know where our life is gonna turn. I did not imagine that I would be in this position ever. Especially when I was just like, just imagine if I left that that room and I didn't meet specific people that believed in me to pursue you know my my love of writing in in film and television and even i'm I'm entering like the space of beauty I've, I've always been a makeup lover and things like that like just imagine i i left and i didn't allow myself to just just be there be new be a learner you know sometimes you know we get into certain rooms and we're in, intimidated by you know all these people that maybe higher ups or you know more experience but so everyone starts somewhere and i'm still a beginner like i was just having a conversation with my mom and i was just like mom i'm gonna be honest i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> you know because uh, and most people at this age don't so and it's okay it's right. just as long as you 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 keep the faith in yourself you you surround yourself with a good community and you know and and too like I work a corporate job when I come home if I'm not tired I usually reserve that space for my personal projects as in creative writing and and screenwriting and looking up scripts and things like that so it's possible it's doable and you just keep the good fight Thank you again, Fallon Brannon, for coming on and sharing your experience, starting out as a feature novel writer and now being a determined future screenwriter. Um, congratulations on the program that you're in now. It sounds like a wonderful opportunity 
and I hope you know how inspiring you were to listen to, and I hope that other people listening were also inspired to to keep curious and to find um, new ways to incorporate what they love, and and I hope that we all have found a new way to see the value of an English major and the skills that we bring to whatever profession, whatever career we decide to go into. Um, and also thank you to Dayani for your insightful questions and for setting that interview up. Um, I really appreciate that. And that's it for this month. Don't forget all of you Sigma Tell Deltans about those November 6th deadlines and my social media takeover on November 19th. I'm really excited to see how that turns out and I will talk to you guys next month.